Yo, what it do, lads and lasses? Um, been a while. Sorry about that. Um, just a little cheeky little update from me. Um, school, you know, round 27 or whatever for me. Didn't go so hot. Um, you know, kind of had a depressive cycle. Uh, so yeah, trying to have a positive poly episode. Um, so just wanted to like update how I was doing, but, uh, been a shitload better in the last like month and a half. Fucking 36 days sober, um, from weed as well as alcohol, which I know like cheeky little golf claps for James. Um, cause I haven't, you know, done that in, um, a while. Let's just leave it at that. It's been a while since I haven't, um, haven't had any, anything. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of, uh, take this time to like, just talk about like positive shit and positive stuff that I've done in the past that has gotten me in a good place. Obviously, you know, I'm not trying to preach from a high horse or anything because, you know, just had a bad moment recently, but you know, over the years, learned some good things, and I think some of it will resonate with people, and I also am pretty okay with just like, hey, you know, if this doesn't work with you, like, find something that fucking bloody does work, because it's nice to, like, have some components in your life that uh, you can kind of rely upon um, that are kind of intrinsic and, like, self-reliant. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, setting up your emotional support system and stuff. And, you know, all that's great, but right now I'm just going to be focusing on stuff that you can kind of just do for yourself, even if you're alone, you know, even if you don't have anybody, you know, at the moment. Um, so, yeah, what I'm going to start off with, and I think I um, kind of talked about this in the past, but just the importance for me um, of the practicing of mindfulness and meditation and I think I've also said this, but mindfulness really is just about being present in the moment. So you can be mindful while you're eating breakfast. You can be mindful while you're cutting up mushrooms that you're about to saute. You can be mindful while you're driving. You could be mindful, you know, while you're doing this, that, this, that, um, you can try and practice those moments of mindfulness by just kind of breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth, and not letting your mind uh, stray from either the past or future tripping, um, and just being focused on like um, the now and the presence of being in the present. Um, is an incredibly powerful thing. I think especially if you have some invasive thoughts or if you're going through a rough time, um, this is a lot easier said than done. You know, a lot of these things are easier said than done. That's just kind of how fucking life is, unfortunately. Um, you know, but you just got to practice doing it. And if that means for you, like, oh, I haven't, I've been having intrusive thoughts so much, it's like, fucking hell, I don't know when they're going to stop. You know, if you can just set aside, like, hey, I'm going to try and mindfully eat and enjoy my breakfast. And, you know, I'm not saying that you have to fucking make a, you know, Michelin star level omelet for yourself. Like, I've been eating, 
you know, oatmeal most of my breakfast. But, you know, you can even just mindfully enjoy your oatmeal. Um, so it's just about focusing on the present moment and um, trying to, you know, just not be caught up in the past or the future, um, even the near-term future, even what you're going to do in 30 minutes or an hour. It's just about kind of breathing into that present moment in through your nose, out through your mouth, and reflecting upon the different tastes. You know, it's it's really about using your um, your senses, what you're hearing, what you're smelling, what you're tasting. Um, that's why usually like the mindfulness with while you're eating is the easiest because you are tasting something. Um, you know, you can kind of say like, oh, this has too much salt or... Maybe it's like perfectly sweet or, you know, just like being mindful about those types of things are often the easiest things I've found when you're trying to get started on the mindfulness bus. Um, I, I, you know, obviously some people listening to this are in fucking cities, um, which sucks, <laughs> but I often do mindfulness while I'm driving. Um, like I focus on just how I can be in the moment and the best driver without breaking the rules too much, you know, staying within seven to 10 miles of the speed limit sometimes. Um, uh, but like I, I really focus on, you know, what's the most efficient way to be in this lane or that lane or, you know, seeing someone who's slowing down for a right hand turn, even a quarter mile ahead, but then that will mean the cars in front of me will slow down. So if I get in the left lane, you know, like little things like that, I, I, I do count as being mindful. Um, you know, it's not about getting angry at the person for taking a right-hand turn. It's like, ooh, if I take a left right now into the left lane and it's a little bit more open, then I'll have a more efficient, nice drive and I won't have to brake so much and my gas mileage will be better. You, you know, like they're just... Uh, uh, there are a shitload of ways you can be mindful. You can be mindful um, in a conversation. You know, you can be mindful while you're speaking to another person and to not let when they have their turn to talk, not let your mind get tripped out about work or, you know, a conversation that you had with someone else or, you know, when the food's going to get here. Um, all those types of things are... Um, really easy for each and every one of us to kind of zone out um, when someone's talking to us, uh, you know, hand up. Like, it's not like I'm saying, I, I want to reiterate this again, I'm not saying all this shit like I got all this shit down, but I'm just saying, you know, like, I'm trying to focus on all these things as like improvements day to day um, and ways to get better. Um, and... Sometimes when you're more mindful in those moments, it also, for me, it leads me to get angry less because I'm kind of like, you know, breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, listening. And if something kind of hits me the wrong way, I'm kind of understanding where the person is coming from as opposed to just like kind of zoning out and hearing what I didn't want to hear. Um, so, yeah, there are a bunch of... Um, yeah, there are a bunch of ways to be mindful. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but there's Zen mind, beginner's mind. 
um, which is by Shunryu Suzuki, um, that really speaks about this in a much more uh, educated way than I ever could. It's a really short book, um, and you're kind of supposed to read one of these short, like, you know, five to eight page, maybe 10 page chapters and really reflect upon them as opposed to being a book where you're like, ooh, I'm a really fast reader. I could read this book in 45 minutes. It's like, that's, you know, very much not what it's about at all. It's about a period of reflection and of, so the beginner's mind, just to kind of give you just a brief overview. And he obviously, um, it's his students that put together the book because kind of like Socrates, you know, he wasn't a big writer, but his students were the one writing his shit down. Um, but he, what he talks about is um, instead of coming in, so like for me, driving, you know, sometimes I get in this mode where like I think I'm the best driver, especially on certain routes in and around my hometown. Like I think, you know, I'm just the most efficient, best driver there ever was. But what his idea is, is for each new situation to come into it with a calm and beginner's mind. So even though you may have, like again for me, another example, just cutting up mushrooms. Even though I may have cut up mushrooms a thousand times, that a thousand and one time, I'm not focusing on what I've done in the past, but I'm focusing it on as a new experience with a, a fresh mind and trying to get each slice maybe slightly thinner or slightly, you, you know, it's, it's about approaching things not with all of your past experiences as a way to deem yourself as like, oh, I'm this authority on how to slice mushrooms, but it's a way to kind of digress into uh, just a more calm and peaceful place, like just because... Shunryu Suzuki is this great philosopher of Zen Buddhism. He never deems himself as the the utmost guy in Zen Buddhism. You know, he views it as every day he is learning more about Zen Buddhism. So that's kind of what the gist of the book about, uh, sorry, the gist of the book is about, um, is kind of doing things that... You've done, you know, for me also like shooting a soccer ball, like I've shot a soccer ball fucking, you know, too many times to count, but like doing it for that, you know, infinity in one time is just trying to do it that bit better or that bit, not better, but like with a little bit more presence and a little bit more ability to stay in the moment and calm my mind and not focus on the miss that I had right before my previous shot but or focusing on what I could do in the future, but just focusing on that shot and that shot alone and how that shot is a new shot and a shot in and of itself. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm probably not even explaining it as well as obviously um, the fucking book is... Um, but there are also Zen koans, um, which I don't know if anybody, you know, if you're aware of what Zen Buddhism or Zen koans are. But koans are usually these compilation um, of like, you know, I've seen koan books. The smallest one I saw was like of 
in just like kind of the probably like five or six years that I've really actually been invested in this is like 80 Zen koans. And the most I've probably seen is like 230. Um, so anyways, the point of these books is they are kind of like how Shunryu Suzuki's chapters are very short and moments of self-reflection. So Zen koans are even shorter. Um, and you're supposed to not advance to the next Zen koan until your mind is fully capable of understanding the first like, or not the first, you know, you can move on to the second and third, but you're not supposed to move on to the next Zen koan before truly understanding and getting a deep sense of belief and value of the koan that you just read. So sometimes, um, back in the, you know, back in the old days in more Eastern traditions, sometimes people would sit and meditate with one Zen koan for a week a day, a month, you know, it, it, and I'm not saying you have to just meditate and think about these things for, you know, a month, but, um, I'll read you one, uh, let me forget the name of this one. Yeah. So these koans are translated from a book called Shasiki Shu, which is collection of stone and sand. They always have sick, super mellow names, the Zen. Um, uh, but yeah, it has a bunch of... So this one has uh, 99 Zen koans. I'll read you the first one. So, Nanin, a Japanese master during the Meiji era, received a university professor who came in to inquire about Zen. Nanin served tea. He poured his visitor's cup full and then kept on pouring. The professor watched the overflow until he no longer could restrain himself. It is over full. No more will go in. Like this cup, Nanin said, you are full of your own opinions and speculations. How can I show you Zen unless you first empty your cup? So that's, you know, that's very short and to the point, but it's, it's kind of making you... Obviously, like, uh, Shunryu Suzuki is has Zen Buddhist, um, basis. So he, uh, he really thinks in the same way that these koans are, but they're, you're supposed to kind of come with your cup empty, um, to each and every practice, each and every koan, you know, you're supposed to come with your cup empty to each and every experience in your life. So you can be open to new beliefs and newfound wisdoms. Um, that's how I kind of understand that koan. Um, I'll read you the second one. Oh, fuck, never mind. Um, second one's like three paragraphs. I just don't want to like get into it. But anyways, so like you can just search Zen koans on the internet and it'll give you a shitload of free ones. You don't have to use this one. Um, but the whole point of it is to self-reflect on each koan and try and go through a period of meditation to find out, you know, how, why is your cup so full? How do you get your cup empty to something that's completely new and different for you? Um, it really does take a period of like kind of self-reflection. 
Um, one other person who I just like, I recommended this to a friend of mine who was like having trouble sleeping. Um, there's this guy named Alan Watts, um, who very much studied Eastern traditions. Um, when I was in Argentina, I would like listen to this guy as I fell asleep, um, every single night. Like, I think I've listened to every Alan Watts, um, lecture that was recorded. Um, he is just super chill, has a super calming, relaxing voice. If you don't want to do the reading of the book, don't want to do the Zen Coens, don't sound like your deal, and you just want to like listen to a, a wise philosopher speak upon, um, you know, maybe not issues that you deal with, but like fundamental questions of self and belief and the soul, you know, like, um, he, he really, there are a bunch of recordings of him, um, before he passed away, I think in like the fifties and sixties that are on vinyl, um, that are all, all have been uploaded to YouTube. Um, so you can just listen to it for free. Um, I would just like try that out cause he, he's a fucking, you know, surrounding yourself with wise people is just, you know, something that anybody should do. You know, I think one thing that I didn't write down when I was doing this, but trying to find a mentor in life. Um, that can be someone your age. That can be someone 50 years older than you. That can be someone one year older than you. That, you know, it. but finding someone who, uh, who you can go to as a wise influence in your life um, I always say, like, whenever people ask me for advice, it's, like, especially about, like, mental health shit, I'm like, oh, fucking hell, like, I, I, I think advice is a very, like, criminal thing, it's, like, asking someone else to take over your own values of making decisions in your unique path through the universe, so, like, either you're gonna blame me for your mistakes, or you're gonna blame me for the positives, either way, like, you should be the one making your own opinions, anyways, but just find a mentor, um, sorry, that was just my opinion on, um, how you shouldn't ask anybody for advice, um, just about wisdom, and about periods of, you know, if you're going through a time of struggle, ask them if they've gone through a similar time of struggle, and what they did, and how they felt, and then kind of make up your own mind about, you know, how you're feeling and how you are going to deal with it. Um, so yeah, I, I think I mentioned this, you know, many a times, but the Norse mythology for me, um, really is like internalized and, um, it's something where I think, um, this is one of those things where it's like not asking everybody to fucking follow Norse mythology because that's a bit wacky. You know, the Zen, the Zen Buddhism stuff makes a lot more sense. Um, uh, but, but just finding your own path to a more spiritual and mindful presence in the universe and in your daily life is, um, something, like I said, that's a lot easier said than done. And for some of you that are listening, that might be like going to your church and church group and shit, um, you know, for me, that wasn't my path, but I'm not trying to invalidate that as like equally as important and valuable. Um, but I'm just trying to say, find your own shit, you know, like, uh, find something that means something and resonates for you. Because I think the amount of 
atheism and agnostics. Like, there, I, I completely understand where everybody's coming from, from like a scientific perspective, but there's a certain amount of we have been spiritual, we have been connected to the sun and the stars and the moon, you know, for millennia, way before Jesus Christo was even an idea. Um, you know, we, we have been connected to a sense of belonging and a sense of wonder and a sense of spirituality. And I think with the amount of atheism and agnostics, that especially for myself, like I was very much one of those people kind of until my attempt and I needed to find something to give me a little grounding in the world. Um, you know, I think it's really valid to be atheist, but I think you can be atheist as fuck and just want to do the Zen Buddhism stuff to find some mindfulness. Like the the way, why I always like um, really prop up the Zen Buddhism is because it's not like saying like, hey, come believe in our God. Our God's the best, which I do find, especially when I go to like AA meetings, sometimes, you know, that's kind of force fed for me, at least I felt that. Um, but the Zen Buddhism stuff is really just about reflecting about yourself, being more mindful and aware, being more present in the moment for yourself and for the others that you interact with. Like all of those things are just like valuable components for like a, a good human being. Um, so that's why I really like, um, I'm a big fan of them. And the koan work is, like I said, that that is, if you whisk through the first five koans in one day, you are truly um, missing the plot. Um, as as a British person would say, you've lost the plot. Um, so there, there's something to be said about them being small, but there is a lot to be said about using them as periods of reflection and self-reflection. And you can like find a fucking YouTube video about how to truly like use Zen Koans for, uh, for the betterment of yourself. But it's, it's not until the knowledge is within you and accepted like deep down in your like chakras that you move on to the next one. So it's, you should really like, you can read the Shunryu Suzuki book, the Zen mind beginner's mind, and you can like kind of work through that, you know, at, you know, one chapter, like a day or, you know, something like that or less, you know, and reflect upon it more. But the koans are really like you read, that one about the overfull teacup, and then you kind of have this period of reflection over many days about why your teacup is so full, about why you have so many opinions about yourself and the way the world functions. You know, that that's kind of um, the process as I know it, at least. And I'm not, you know, the most well-versed about any of this stuff. Um, but But that's just my take. Um, and then one thing, the other thing I did that was just kind of like you being by yourself is exercise. And I know it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, what a fucking piece of shit telling me to exercise, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, you know, I think for me, I was once a half decent soccer player, um, and sometimes when I'm out of shape and I get, especially when I'm, you know, 
kind of in a bad place with my meds and I'm drinking and I'm smoking, I get into this spot where I'm like, ooh, I'm when I'm kind of manic in my bipolar and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to, you know, get back to running a 12-minute, two-mile in the next, like, three months and I, like, push myself super hard. And then because of my, like, hip injuries and, you know... Anyways, a couple other injuries, like I usually end up hurting myself and then I end up not working out. Um, So what I've done kind of this time around, which I think is much more healthy, is just like setting more realistic goals, like just like, you know, a two mile walk outside, which I know for some of you, that's like, well, you son of a bitch, we can't even go outside, whatever, sorry. Um, But setting more realistic, small goals, Like, if you are stuck inside, like, holding a plank for a minute, um, you know, I always tell people if they can't hold a plank for, you know, three minutes, they just have a weak mindset. But, you know, that's a bit of a psychopath in me. But, yeah, yeah, (laughs) sorry. Um, Yeah, hold a plank for a minute while you're inside, you know. That all of a sudden you can count that as like, oh, now I worked out today. You know, if you're really starting from scratch, kind of like I was, I've, I've been bloody out of shape recently. Um, what I've been doing is like, I've always been into boxing. I think just being a naturally angry person, boxing is a great fucking release for that. Um, but I bought like this little headband that has a, like a foam ball attached to it on an elastic string. And then you just do like, you know, jabs and uppercuts and shit to this ball and the ball like jumps back at your fucking head so if you don't hit it with your next jab it just like hits you in the eyeball (laughs) um uh you know i'm not suggesting that for everybody this is the same thing about like the norse mythology it's like all i'm saying is like try and find something that intrinsically like kind of gets you going like i was talking to one of my friends who you know for the first time he was getting into ice skating And then, you know, now all the ice skating rinks are closed. And I was suggesting to him, you know, buy some rollerblades. And now he has rollerblades and now he's rollerblading. And I think he's having like a lot of fun with that because it's just something where he's like, he likes to go fast. Um, So finding something for yourself um, that makes you kind of feel good. Like for me, shooting a soccer ball, juggling a soccer ball, um, those are things where like I always feel good and it's also nice because the soccer community is so tight in my town that like whenever I go to the fields if I see someone else who's playing soccer you know it's a 96% chance that I know them um so I I know I'm lucky because soccer is very much like a global sport and you know like I can anywhere I've traveled I've always made friends playing soccer but if you try and find something that like, oh, maybe in high school you liked playing volleyball. I know you can't play volleyball right now, but like I know if you practice like sets, if you like bought a volleyball and just practice light sets, even if you were in an apartment and you just like were controlled and like back like hitting it around, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here. Volleyball's a tough one to do by yourself, but you still could, you know, you could try. Um, just trying to find something that, really like uh gets you going you know um and not for anybody else you know not because someone else likes doing this thing so you're gonna do it but something that like actually like kind of gets your gets your shit going um 
<laughs> one of my points um, under the exercise thing that I was writing down is serotonin is dope, y'all. You know, it's like, it is just like, it's always shitty whenever I, you know, especially when I'm in more depressed places and someone's like, oh, you should exercise. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, how about you fucking suck a dick, you piece of shit? Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I bet there are some people that are listening right now that are kind of feeling like that with me. Um, I just, you know, hand up again, more honesty. Never had to write anything down for the previous episodes. All talking about the darkness. The one episode where I'm talking about positive stuff. Had to write stuff down. This stuff is foreign to me too. Um, you know, maybe not the exercising, but... Or the mindful... But doing these, like, uh, steadily throughout my entire life, you know, I've I've always kind of lost track of doing the Zen koans or, you know, been in a bad rhythm of exercise because I got a foot injury or broke my ankle or something. Um, but anyways... So, but serotonin is dope. Like, literally, it's the shit that makes you happy. Like, so if you can find ways to just, you know, I know there's the seven-minute workout, which is very popular, which is just body weights. And if you have a chair, you can do that workout. You know, that's not asking, like, a whole lot as far as your time. And it actually uses high-intensive cardio training, which is, if you don't know, it's like a training method where you just work out intensely and then let your heart rate rest, work out intensely, let your heart rate rest, do that, you know, seven times. And all of a sudden those are your, you know, and it's only working out intensely for like 30 or 45 seconds and then resting for 30 or 15 seconds and then doing it, you know, it's like a very chill, like manageable and obviously like not everybody, you know, if you grew up doing gymnastics i'm not saying oh go find your local pommel horse that's so easy to do um i i know for different people it's uh different um to kind of explore those old passions or find new ones um but if you just if you work out just a little bit and for me like my boxing thing is like something that i can probably get better at like it's very much one of those mindfulness things where if you're not being mindful while you're punching something that's constantly going back and forth in front of your face, you're going to get hit in the face. You know, you got to pay attention um, when you're doing something like that. And I think that's why exercise is great for something like mindfulness. Because whenever you're doing something, and like I said, doing something like hardy, high cardio intensive training, which doesn't it sounds scary, but it's really just like doing jumping jacks for 30 seconds and then chilling for 30 seconds, you know, and then doing lunges for 30 seconds and then chilling for 30 seconds. It's like, it's not, it doesn't have to be intense and you can kind of cater it to how well you're doing. Like I'm bloody 30 pounds out of shape, like really, really gross right now. Um, so, so I've just been doing the boxing, trying to get back into cycling because, my joints fucking hurt if I go out for a run right now, but you know, trying to find more manageable, achievable things. Um, this last section is like fucking tough for me to talk about because, like, it's something that I'm like those first two sections, like I can actually talk about, and I have some like I feel like some built up knowledge, but this last one is like, ugh, self care. This one is tough for me. Like, hand up, like. 
all this shit that I'm saying, and I'm probably leaving stuff out that you should be doing for self-care just because, like, I don't naturally do it because taking care of myself is, like, literally the hardest thing um, in the world for me, whether that be, you know, flossing, and not like the kids these days, um, but, you know, flossing your teeth or uh, scheduling doctor's appointments, um, taking care of myself is like really, 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 uh, it's tough. Um, and I know for, you know, for a lot of people listening and just for humans in general, like sometimes taking care of yourself or asking for help when you need it, you know, that's, that's tough for everybody. So hopefully, you know, people can relate with, um, me being so shitty at it. Um, but yeah, my first thing, um, this, it, it really doesn't sound like it's self-care, but it's something that I've found um, has really helped me out in this, you know, time of, you know, 35 days of sobriety and shit. Um, it's really about having structure, um, which, you know, there are probably a boatload, or hopefully there are some people that are listening and we're like, hey, I, I've been structuring my days since middle school. Well, good for you, fucker. I, I literally just started doing it. Um, because like, and I mean for, like, myself, you know, like, if I had, if I was working or I was going to school, you know, I'd kind of have a schedule, but I wouldn't, like, plan my free time in a positive way, or if I was free, which I kind of am now, um, I would never, like, schedule out my day to try and get positive things done for myself, you know, that's something that, uh, it's very much new to me, so it's not, you know, again, it's not like uh, I'm talking from a vast amount of experience, like I've been told by my parents and other people to get a calendar and, you know, incorporate structure in your day for, like, fucking decades, but uh, this is the first time in my life where I'm, like, intrinsically doing it for myself, which I think for everybody you can relate to this where you know, having someone tell you, like even having me tell you, oh, the Zen koans are good. And then if you're in a bad mood, you're like, hey, fuck this guy. Like Zen koans suck. Like you suck. Everything sucks. The world sucks. Um, so I completely feel um, those types of sentiments. Um, no shame in that. Um, but yeah, I've, ever since I've had this structure and there are even things like structuring and recording this episode and structuring and preparing for this episode. Um, structuring in free time where I can just play FIFA. Um, structuring in boxing. I'm doing some like virtual IOP stuff and like have some personal therapy stuff. And those are kind of like set things, but there's still so much free time where if I don't truly maximize it, you know, then you get in that negative spiral where you're like, oh, it was a sunny day. And I've been telling myself I wanted to go cycling. But ever since that sunburn last week, this is all personal stuff, not not trying to... I'm, this is just a personal example. Ever since that sunburn last week, I don't really want to go outside because my back hurts from the sunburn. And then you don't end up going cycling. And then you kind of feel shitty about yourself because you said you were going to do it. And then... I think everybody can kind of relate to those little negative spirals. And one thing that my therapist was talking to me about is like, hey, bro, like, he didn't say it like that, but he was like, hey, dude, like, um, you know, 
if you don't get something done, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. You know? Like, it doesn't have to lead to you getting in that negative spiral. Um, there's, there's no, you know, there's no need for, oh, you didn't go bike riding today. That means you're like a worthless human being. Like those aren't like cause and effect, um, relationships when you really think about them. Um, I know that's where I often go and where some of you who are listening often go is like, shit, like. I said I was going to work out, and then I didn't work out. And then I said I was going to call a friend, and I didn't call a friend. And then uh, now I'm just going to watch Netflix. And then you get done watching Netflix, and you're like, why did I watch Netflix? I had so many other things to do. Now I feel even worse. Like um, Those negative spirals, um, they're tough. And I think if you try and like separate your brain out... Um, from those feelings and have periods of self-reflection where, hey, you know, a lot of those things I can do today and a lot of those things aren't life or death, you know, is it that bad that because I'm not working and not going to school right now that I watched a little too much Netflix or played a little too many video games? Yeah, you know, it's not not that big of a deal. Like one thing my therapist was saying is like, I always get frustrated with the billing because he's, he has his own, like his own therapist office. So he has to do all the shit for his business. So he's like, Oh, that, that billing time of the month. Like sometimes I put that off for days and I always say like you do positive. Um, you can even do positive procrastination. And for me, I can still feel bad about myself. So I can say, oh, I'll get the laundry done. Oh, I'll uh, go on that bike ride. And then I'll really just have not, like, done the DBT assignment for, like, the group that I have later in the afternoon. And, like, super, like, uh, even though I got positive things done, I can, like, still feel shitty about myself. Um, so it it's just, it is tough. Like, I'm not saying I got the keys to the fix. And I don't think anybody does. I was talking to a girl who was in my group, um, this weekend and she was just talking about kind of those negative spirals that happen when she wanted to go outside. It was a nice day. Then she didn't go outside. Then she feels shitty about going outside. Then she watched TV. Then she feels shitty about watching. You, you know what I'm talking about? Everybody who's listening to it, you know, no matter if you have a diagnosis or not, you know how that feels. Um, and she was like, I wonder when this will get better. And I think my answer to her was, I don't think it's ever really going to get better. You know, I, I think we'll have to, especially me and her, um, we have similar diagnoses, um, different, you know, life histories, but similar diagnoses. And um, I was just telling her, I think this is something that we're going to have to deal with for the rest of our lives. Um, which is kind of, you know, not that great to hear, but I think it's better than someone saying like, oh, after six months of working on yourself, all of these troubles will fall to the wayside. You know, that's not fucking realistic at all. Um, so trying to find ways to separate your brain out when you go in those negative spirals. And for me also, 
Um, for those of you dealing with like suicidal thoughts and feelings of, you know, passive suicidal thoughts, which I just talk about of feelings of wanting to disappear, feelings of wanting to die in your sleep and have nobody know you're dead or gone, you know, more active suicidal thoughts, which are like, I think more serious. So I hope if you are having those, you're like talking to someone about them. Um, but if you're dealing with those suicidal thoughts, um, what I'm about to say is like so much harder and, um, that darkness is the worst. Uh, it sucks. But if in that moment you do have the power, you know, and I'm not saying for every time you do have a downward spiral with those suicidal ideations, but if you do have that moment where you can be like, Hey, why do I want to like jump in front of that bus right now? Like what's the, what's the point or what, like what happened to me in the last like couple hours or did I just get off the phone with, um, you know, a significant other or a family member and have like a bad time. And that's why, you know, if you try and separate yourself out from the feelings for a moment and, some people, not any like medical professional, but sometimes people just bottle up. I know I did. I just didn't talk about anything, just bottled it up, repressed it, and then obviously like led to my attempt. So I think even just like finding someone who you can let that emotion out to. Um, and I think I've said this before, but just like t telling them ahead of time that you don't want them to try and fish around for an answer about how they can fix this or what you can do better, but for them to just say, like, oof, that sucks. Like, that's suicidal thought. Like, that's, damn, that sucks. Or, you know, you felt like working out and you felt like doing this for your job and then you didn't do either and then you watch Netflix and you're kind of feeling a little shitty right now. And if you just, like, share that with another person, sometimes that can be um, powerful, but... I know that most of the other stuff I was talking about was kind of just all personal growth and personal stuff that you can do. Um, but yeah, um, I guess that's it for this episode, kind of a positive poly um, episode. Uh, it's foreign to me, um, but I'm, I'm working on it. Um, have been for a while, I think will be forever. Um, but yeah, and like I try and say it every episode, sometimes I forget, but objectivezero.org, objectivezero.org, you know, try and, try and just spread the word about that organization. And also, um, you know, beyond that, just in this time, just try and reach out to um, people that if you know they're struggling or if you personally are struggling, um, please just try and reach out to other people. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to share all your shit with someone, but even just like hearing the voice of someone else, um, I know that that can help sometimes if you're really going through a hard time. Um, and you're not alone um, in this wild world. Uh, so yeah, love y'all.
Thank you. 